The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. From the studios of The Shepherd Radio Network, it's Afternoons with Mike. This next hour is all about our walk with Jesus with local pastors, newsmakers, people who are making a difference for the gospel. Now, here is your host, Mike Gilland. Thank you so much for being with us today on Afternoons with Mike. I am able to be with you daily here on the Shepherd Radio Network. And we are broadcasting, of course, from Orlando. That's where I'm sitting today and sitting across uh, the table on the other side with the other mic is my friend Curtis Partridge. Curtis is a, a real specialist when it comes to Internet security, cyber security, things that we need to know. He's helped businesses, but he's, his knowledge goes beyond just the business operation. And I think each and every person listening today can benefit from knowing something about this whole thing about cybersecurity. Curtis Partridge, welcome back. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate you having me back and uh, always enjoy our visits. Well, it's a lot of fun to have you. I count you as my in-house expert on all things cybersecurity. So uh, you, know, you really do know a lot about it. In fact, today you come in bearing a new book yes. that you've written, and the title of the book your business is an international cyber security target. Yes. Wow. Now that's enough right there to get the attention of any business owner. It, 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 it's a scary proposition. You know, we wrote this book and then I don't know if you're aware, uh, MGM Resorts had attack. Yes. A few, uh, probably now a month or so ago. And that actually was based in the U.S., but they use underage people so that they're less likely to be prosecuted. Oh, my. And uh, they got to MGM for $110 million. They meaning these that these were um, obviously yeah. uh, hackers and uh, thieves that go in and they break into the mainframes? Yep, and they did it with a 10-minute telephone call. A 10-minute telephone call. It's social engineering. They called the help desk and finagled their way into getting administrative credentials. And then also now, we must say the criminals did not get the $110 million. MGM stood their ground, did not pay the ransom. And uh, ultimately, it cost $110 million in lost revenue and fixing everything and getting it operational again. You know, I think that uh, ironically is, it happens more than you would like to think in our country. Yeah. This whole thing about uh, cyber attacks onto even a government uh, I think you and oh, I yeah. talked about one time about it because uh, there had been a city that had gotten a ransomware attack yes. and they ended up paying the ransom. A lot of them do because it's just the, you know, you have to weigh, is it cheaper to pay the ransom or is it, you know, try and recover? And, and it all depends on your preparation. You can never be a hundred percent sure that you won't get affected by an attack. Well, I would think when you're dealing with crooks of that level, you wouldn't be 100% sure that your ransom no. was going to go even to paying the ransom. Now, there's a little bit of honor among thieves because they don't want to ruin their reputation of coming through with a solution when you pay. Okay. You know, they, they have customer service too. <laughs> <laughs> there's something about what you just told me that, first of all, it seems impossible. And secondly, it seems laughable yeah. that there is such a thing as honor among thieves like yes. that. Yeah, there actually is because... You know, there's there's not a lot of these organizations. They, they morph, and of course, the members yeah. belong to different organizations. But they really do, um, you know, want to come through and and show that they have some honor. You know, that so that the next one will pay. And then too, I don't know if you remember back the Colonial Pipeline attack that got the attention, mm -hmm. that got mm -hmm. national attention. It, yeah. it disrupted gasoline deliveries across the Eastern U.S. That was under Trump, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, yeah. it was some years ago. Yeah. But there was actually chatter among these organizations that said, hey, we can't do this. We can't draw international attention like this on infrastructure. So that when it comes to money, they kind of pull back a little bit. But as you, you know, as the title of the book says, yeah, it's now turning more into, and I fear this now, especially with what's going on in the Middle East, more yeah. of a nation state attack against infrastructure. Yeah. You know, this has been talked about, and sadly, there have been a lot of movies, and sometimes oh, yeah. I wonder 
you know, some of these uh, screenwriters that write these movies, you wonder if they're not giving the crooks ideas because some of their movie plots are so clever and so intriguing that it seems plausible. And I wonder, you know, the, the liability that you would take if you're writing a movie about international terrorism at a, at a cyber level, it, it seems like that's just not, that's like leaning into a left hook, you know? I mean, why would you do that? Some years ago, we had a chance to meet Kevin Mitnick. He was the famous um, hacker from the 80s. He was do, doing phone freaking and, um, you know, it, what we now consider child's play, but then was serious crimes. He was actually in uh, solitary confinement when he was in jail because the, the U.S. government considered him such a threat. In, in hindsight, he was a kid. He was really, yeah. you know, not, not very sophisticated and his attacks weren't either, but he actually consulted. He recently passed away, but he consulted on a number of movies and with Hollywood. So a lot of those stories you see are actually based yeah. on things that happened. Okay. Yes. That makes sense to me. Yes. Because it seems so plausible. Like I said, it seems like, oh yeah, well that could really happen. And, and Hey, should we be giving crooks these ideas? I mean, that's, or, or at least maybe if they're not original, still reminding them of ways that that can, they can be attacked. And well, uh, you know, with with all the, the plethora of information that's available on the dark web, these guys have, they have lots of ideas. Yeah. yeah. They've got lots of motivation yep. and a, a lot of um, maybe uh, different methods that they could use to attack all of this stuff. But, yeah. you know, one, uh, I guess there are so many of us that use the internet to pay bills. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we, I know our family, we do as well. And, but we're very careful and you have to be careful yes. to deal with these things. You just can't click on any old thing that comes out on your computer without running a chance on uh, suddenly landing where you've got a bug now on your computer and it's going to be attaching itself. And some of these viruses are, are really just a lot more like tracking things yep. than they are malicious viruses, right? They are. It, 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 you know, ultimately they want to count, they want access to your money. That's ultimately with, whether it's via credit card, getting access to your bank account. And the biggest thing is be very skeptical. And remember, banks are never going to ask for your PIN number, you know, via email. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, if it just seems either too good to be true or or a little fishy, go with that. Go yeah. with that feeling. Now, you, I want to go back to that phone call, that 10-minute phone call that you said. Oh, yeah. uh, what happened in that phone call? Was that while they were on the line? Were they able to do something? So what they or had... What happened? They had... This is all speculation, you know, the, the MGM hasn't been completely, nor would anybody be completely open as to how this happened. But our understanding in the security community is that uh, a phone call was placed to the help desk and the help, and this was an administrator and said that they needed a password reset. And so they were able to get a new password. Now, we don't know why there was maybe not another security step, such as multi-factor authentication involved, or were they also able to talk their way into getting around that as well? So so basically, it wasn't like an electronic process that pulled it. They somehow, in a phone call, befriended someone who just gave them way too much info. Yes. Yep. Wow. That's, you know, and there's things you can do to circumvent that. So in our case... We, our company runs a help desk. And so if you call in and say, hey, I need a password reset, we'll reset your password. And then if you say, I also need a multi-factor authentication reset, that's the end of the call. We're done. Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to have to bump that and escalate that up to the security team at the company's corporate level. Mm -hmm. And so we'll work with the company and say, hey, we'll reset passwords for you. But if they need a multi-factor authentication reset, then we're going to bump it up to your security yeah. team. Because that's usually tied to that rightful owner's cell phone or yes. or a, an email address that only they know and yes. that kind of a thing. Yeah. Generally, 
we're using an application on a cell phone. That yeah. is the most secure way right. of doing it now. Yeah, like Authenticator yes. is one. Yep. LastPass. Duo. There's, yeah, there's Duo. I have Duo. Yeah. yeah, we use Duo as well. Yeah. Well, this is all very important, and I think a lot of our listeners may not even have had to deal with uh, a second uh, tier of security like, you know, an auth- uh, authenticator type of program. But we're coming down to that where I think oh, yeah. it's going to be much more commonplace, right? Yes. Uh, to access anything Google now, you have to have, it, it does by default set up a multi-factor authentication. Mm-hmm. Um, banks, obviously, we've been seeing it for some time now, but it's becoming much more popular. And so we're seeing it. you know, become more and more common and uh, work its way down from the corporate level. Now, your book talks about international. The the, that word is in there, meaning that obviously the threat is not just coming from domestic sources. It's coming from overseas. Most of the time. What part of the world would be the number one? Let's say the number one offender here. Russia, China are two of the big ones that we see. You know, because we can that would be obvious. We can monitor the traffic yeah. coming in to our clients, and and we actually by default most of the time block those countries. Um, if we get a login to somebody's email address from Russia, that sets off that locks down their account essentially, yeah. unless they have a prearranged reason that they're going to be logging in from Russia. Um, but we're seeing it from all over the world. We had a tractor dealership um, some months ago that was. Somebody was living in their computer network um, from the Netherlands. Now, were the, was the person in the Netherlands or were they routing traffic through the Netherlands? We'll never know. But it, it appeared to be coming from the Netherlands. Wow. And this is a tractor dealership in a rural part of the Midwest. And you wonder what in the world, how did that get connected to some place in the Netherlands? Well, they clicked, best we can tell, they clicked on a link many months ago. And then they started noticing strange things. Ultimately, they did have a small financial loss, and that's when they called us. Okay. And we came in and cleaned everything up, got them secure, and continued to monitor them to this day. Right. Yeah. Now, antivirus, it seems to me, you, you correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems to me like we are hearing less than what we did, let's say, 10 years ago about virus software, antivirus software. Uh, is, is, am I wrong on that? So we're not seeing a lot of virus activity. What we are seeing is that, you know, threat actors, hackers will actually set up shop inside of a network. They don't want to wreck your computer like this, this, um, situation we had this tractor dealership. They, the, the, the user had no idea and the user was one of the owners had no idea that this software was sitting on their computer yeah. until it was launched about 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning and our security operations center saw this executable fire up and said, wait a minute, what are, what, are this, what are they up to? And what they were doing was using the computer to snatch their credentials to access their email account in the cloud. And so... We're seeing less and less where they put viruses on computers to trash them. They're really living inside these yeah, computers. Yeah, they're trying networks. to gather info. Yes. Yeah. And, it, and it can be as simple as, I, I, it drives me crazy to see these polls or questions on social media. You know, wh- wh- what's your favorite rock band? Or what concert did you go see in the 80s? And that is a information gathering mission yes, yeah. by somebody. Yeah. That, uh, that they're going through and, and using that information to build a profile about you. Wow. And it seems so innocent, I'm sure, to a lot yeah. of people. Yeah, a lot of people can't don't connect one with the other. Now, a lot of these sites that seem very suspicious to me are on websites that are otherwise well-known websites. So it, why do they allow these kind of almost like uh, third-party type of organizations have any real estate at all in their website? Why, why do they do that? I, I, I don't know why they're not clamping down on it more other than it probably is very difficult to make the discernment between what is evil and what is not. And um, I, I suspect that that's the case or, or it's just simple finances and, you know, they go after the big, big stuff. Yeah. 
Now, here's a question. We've got a couple of minutes left before we have to take a break. Uh, is there a form uh, of a cell phone, like a, a brand? Uh, is a is that, for example, is an iPhone safer than an Android? So I, I just saw this the other day. Um, to break into an iPhone is somewhere, the bounty is in the 20-some thousand dollar range. Hmm. Now, Android used to be a fraction of that. 10% to a couple thousand dollars. And when you say to break into it, to access it, to, you know, intercept those multi-factor authentication okay. codes, text messages to hack into it. Yeah. To hack into it. All right. Um, but we're seeing Android begin to catch up. You know, Google's put a lot of effort into tightening that operating system and, and their systems overall, as I mentioned, if you have a Google account. They probably already have you on multi-factor authentication mm-hmm. by default. So we're beginning to see it catch up, that uh, the, the cost to access an Android device and an iPhone. Now, the, the difference is, if you think about who you know that has an Android or a Apple iPhone or iOS device, generally folks that have a higher net worth tend to carry iPhones. It's just, seeing, you know, you see a lot of kids with Android phones I'm not, I don't want to put anybody down that has an Android phone. Right. There's a lot of my friends that have iPhones yeah. and a lot that have Androids. True. Yeah, yeah there are, that's true. But, you know, boy, if you pull executives, if, if uh, you know, the, when they left the BlackBerry, they typically went to iPhone. Yeah. So. Well, you know, my, uh, I don't know, I think my first smartphone was an Android uh, and it was a Me Motorola, yeah. I believe. And then my son, though, he goes, Dad, why, why are you on an Android, and I'm thinking, well, um, I like that sound, Droid, that it used to make. You know, oh, yeah, <laughs> I remember that. But uh, he he was on an iPhone, and he was also a Mac user, which I became a Mac user, and then I became an iPhone user, mm-hmm. and then I caught on to why people who are in that um, that realm to have all your devices be Apple, and there's like a working together type of thing that. Is really nice, and so yeah, yeah you, get, you get into that, that almost like an atmosphere yeah. or a, um, a common platform. And and I find myself now I'm still a Windows person, but I do have an i couple iPads and an iPhone, and I find myself moving things from one device to another. Mm-hmm. And I think ultimately Microsoft's becoming more open minded, and I think ultimately we are going to see more integration between Windows and iOS devices. Well, I don't know if there if it's a direct relationship to the, our loss of Steve Jobs back when he passed away, but it seems like that Windows really had they have caught up a great deal. Windows yes. ten, yeah, I get to use that because of my work on the radio station here. We have to to use window based machines for that. Uh, I really like Windows ten, and yeah. so I'm I'm a Mac. I was a Mac snob before, man. I mean, let's just face <laughs> it. I mean, that's what I would be called. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, all of our technicians use Macs in the field. Yeah. Um, but their virtual desktop, because we require them to use a virtual desktop because it's more secure, um, those are all Windows-based. They can flip from one to the other and don't even yeah. blink. It's it's really great. Yeah. Well, I'm talking today to Curtis Partridge. Curtis is here. He is a cybersecurity expert. Tell us the name of the company for which you work. Lotus Management Services is the name of the company, founded in Orlando in 2012. So, and the website for Lotus? LotusBusinessTech.com. All right. And he can answer your questions. Plus, as we mentioned, we'll talk more about it coming up. He's written a, a nifty book here called Your Business is an International Cybersecurity Target. Curtis Partridge is with me. We'll be back in a moment. This is Afternoons with Mike. EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat serves all your comfort needs. With over 40 years' experience, EC Waters is a top-trained comfort specialist, earning customers for life with integrity. No wonder EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat has earned a 4.6 or higher out of 5 rating and reviews across all major online platforms. For all your comfort needs, call 407-603-9144 or visit ecwaters.com. Palm Beach Atlantic University, Orlando offers three distinct areas of study. An evening Master's of Science in Clinical Mental Health Counseling, an evening Bachelor's of Science in Human Services, and our new Daytime Bachelor's of Science in Nursing. 
All of our courses are offered at our beautiful campus on Millennia Boulevard. For more information or to schedule a tour, call 844-PBA-ORLANDO. That's 844-PBA-ORLANDO. My buddy Curtis Partridge is up here. Curtis is with Lotus, and he is a cyber expert. And I love the fact that he really knows how to talk computers. Yeah, he can do that all day long. But he can also talk about that part of computers that very few of us can really be comfortable with. And that's the fact that they're all targets. I mean, as he talked about, there was a day that it's like there was this whole bunch of people out there that just love to send out uh, computer viruses that would just run that thing and eat up the hard drive space, if not destroy the hard drive space, chew it up, spit it out. And then you're lost and all your data's gone too. I mean, that that happened for a long time. Oh, yes. And uh, that has all morphed now where the biggest threat level is this whole thing of identity theft, um, basically ransomware. That's something we talked about at the yep. beginning of the program. And businesses have really have to do this. One of the things that, that we'll talk about in a moment is uh, the, the necessity of backing up and how, oh, how yeah. to back up all your data. I mean, I think that's something we all should be doing. And maybe uh, there are a lot of our listeners that are not doing that. And well, I want to find out from your, your ex- experience, which is the best form of backup. But before we talk about any of that, you're in a personal fight, not just a fight against hackers and uh, the cyber terrorists. You're in a, a health battle. So tell us what's going on. So in May 2018, I was diagnosed with cancer, uh, colorectal cancer, and ultimately um, had chemo and radiation and surgery, and that it got away from them, spread to my liver, had to deal with that a couple of times, and ultimately where it is today is living in my lungs. So it, you got rid of it in the, the, the colon? Yep, all clear. Rid of it in the liver, liver although I'd never heard that that could be as successful as it was in you. Yeah, they did a couple different ways. In over five years, the amount of changes that have happened in the medical field is astonishing. So the first time they did uh, uh, old-fashioned surgery, laparoscopic, but still, you know, invasive surgery to remove the tumor from the liver. And of course, the liver bounces back, grows back quickly. Yeah, it's uh, one of those uh, organs that that will heal itself. Yep. To a great degree. But then, um, of course, they required a hospital stay and, you know, a pretty intensive, you know, recovery. But then a couple of years later, when they found it popping up again, they used a microwave ablation. So essentially, they just slide a rod in there and shoot microwaves at the tumor and kill it. Wow. And uh, you're home the same day. Wow. Back to work the next morning. And so your liver since then has been doing fine. Yeah, liver's great. Okay. Yep. Now, how long ago did it show up in your lungs? I want to say probably two or three years ago, but it showed up. I want to say, um, yeah, probably somewhere in that ballpark. And you weren't treated with surgery for that yet, right? I have. Yeah. Oh, they, you have. they took out half of the left lung. Oh, okay. So they did. Uh, they thought that was it. Every time they think it's it, but uh, it the, these back. troublesome cancers can really. Yeah. They just can really kind of wear you down on this kind of stuff. Well, I'm bringing all this up because I would love to invite all of our listeners to pray specifically that the, the treatment that Curtis Partridge is going through right now will be successful. Successful in not only eliminating this cancer, but also eliminating its uh, future popping up because this would now be the third area uh, your, yeah. that it has uh, appeared in your body. And so, you know, we'd like to believe that uh, God will heal you, my friend. And that's what we're praying for. So friends, his name is Curtis Partridge. Please pray for Curtis. And he's got the greatest attitude about it all. It's amazing. And I'm grateful for it. He's undergoing chemo right now, right? Yeah. Yeah. Every other week I'm doing chemo and, and a, a newish immunotherapy. So, well, Again, I think you are a walking uh, example of how every believer should should really approach it if they get that diagnosis like you did. Yeah, I, you know, I find, you know, of course, the number one question I get is, you know, are you going to retire? Why didn't you retire? 
but I, number one, I enjoy what I do. It's not work. Yeah. I, it's I not a stressful it. thing for you then. No, not, not anymore. I mean, IT yeah. at one time was stressful, but you kind of learn to roll with the punches and, yeah. and then, um, yeah, I, I, just a prime example, I, 18 months ago, I decided to go for the final big certification. It's called a, uh, CISSP certified in, in uh, s- uh, security systems and, um, all right, certified information security systems professional. That's the full title. Oh, wow. But decided it's a mouthful. It is a mouthful. Decided <laughs> to land that one and uh, took 18 months, about 100 hours of video training. Took, uh, spent two or three wow. hours a day on it. And then um, every, I had a little app to help me do quizzes. So anytime I was standing in line, sitting in a drive through, you know, I was flipping through sample tests and, and quizzes. And, uh, Landed it first first go around. So in oh, August, congratulations. Uh, got that certification. So, you know, things like that keep you drive, driven. If you're facing something like this, find something. It doesn't have to be something crazy like I did. Mm-hmm. But, you know, just get involved in your community. Get involved in your local church. Just something to, to keep you moving forward and keep something out in, ahead of you other than the next doctor visit or whatever. It, yeah, I'm to the point now doctor visits and scans are like going to the bank. Not a big deal. You go take care of it, get the news, figure out the next game, step of the game plan, and keep moving forward. Now, we we talked about the fact that this new book here uh, is in not only your name, but Maria's name as well, your wife. Yes. And how's she doing with all this that you're going through? You know, it's tough. I mean, it, it really is a challenge for her. Um, you know, it, it, somebody I knew in our church that had cancer uh, came over to the house at uh, one point early on in my journey. And she was a little farther along in it. And she said, I think it's harder for the person that has to deal with the person, the patient, than the patient. Mm-hmm. And I would agree. It's tough because, you know. Well, she's carrying it. Yeah. And, you know, there's this certain sense of helplessness. Right. You really can't, you, you can't do more than what you're doing. Right. If you're Maria here. Yep. And you're the one that's going through it. And I'm sure that she, like I, I'm just amazed and blessed by your wonderful attitude that you have. Well, you know, it, it, I can't say I'm up 100% of the time. And sadly, Maria probably sees the dips where I'm, I'm yeah. a little off. But, um, you know, I just try and stay positive as much yeah. as possible. And right. she's a big support. I mean, just huge. I can't imagine doing this without her. And my mm-hmm. kids, too. You know, yeah. they, they actually remind me that thanks for hanging in there. And sticking around. Well, so. we're wanting you to do the, exactly that, my friend. Stick around. We need you. And uh, I'm sure they would say, yeah, we need you, Dad. Uh, that's just something. Well, let's go back for a moment and talk about what we were mentioning earlier. This whole issue of uh, who gets attacked, we that's grown. Mm-hmm. That's now expanded. There was a time that celebrities or highfalutin businesses, the obvious ones would be the targets. And in this day and age, um, just about anybody can be a target. They can. If they can find some sort of um, opportunity, they're going to take it. You know, it's a crime of opportunity. More than I like to think about, I get letters at home where I find out that my data might have, it's it's always the same, might have been included in a breach (laughs) of data security. Yeah. That happened with our company. And the last one that I got, I, I, I don't even have any recollection of ever having any association with this particular company. But yet somehow they had in their databanks information. They had dealt with one of the companies that I had dealt with. And so therefore yeah. my name is brought into that. And we're seeing that a lot. That, that's, you know, a lot of folks may remember the target attack some years ago. That was actually launched from the receptionist's computer at their refrigeration vendor's office. Now, that name, Target, is the wrong name when it we're talking. <laughs> yeah. Wow. They are literally a Target. Yeah. And we actually have that in the book, that it, uh, you know, the kind of breakdown of how that uh, attack took place. And, and then you do, you know, a lot of companies, we hear this frequently. I wouldn't be a Target. I'm too small. Yeah. But who do you serve? You know, and, and that's the, where we found ourselves some years ago is we actually brought in a third party who every quarter assesses our security because we serve very large companies yeah. 
that um, are critical as far as, you know, providing, putting food on tables. And, and so we, we want to make sure we're not the venue or the avenue to attack them. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's scary to think about because obviously we're talking about not only your money uh, with your company or your own personal money, but it could also spread because they they have an access. If they have access mm-hmm. to be able to touch your money, they probably have access to touch all of your friends that are associated with your computer in some way or another. I uh, they do. They will attack. You know, um, uh, they'll, they'll go in and get a contact list and then send out email as you we see that all the time where they will pretend to be somebody yeah and that might be the extent of the attack but we still see that happening a lot um one of the things they'll they'll use say a receptionist or a lower uh you know somebody who may not ultimately it's somebody who the company hasn't invested in training in mm-hmm. on looking for these kind of things so they'll find someone like that and they'll use that person to then gather information from the executive. Wow. Yeah. Man, it's just no end to the evil here. Oh, yeah. yeah I'm telling it's, you, it's there. Now, when um, we hear things all the time about companies, uh, LifeLock is one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they there was a, I don't know if it was LifeLock or it was one of these companies where the guy would come on and give his own social security number out. Yeah, years ago. I, was that LifeLock? That was like I believe it was LifeLock. Yeah, and I and ultimately I th- I, heard he got hit. He got hit. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking like, dude, what are you doing? Yeah, there's no a hundred percent. There really isn't. And um, you know, I've had friend, personal friends, uh, one that they somebody um took his IRS information. Yeah, and and hijacked that, and then he had problems with the IRS. Uh, I had a neighbor that an employee in the cell phone company uh, obviously was working for a hacker and she worked for a large medical organization here in Orlando, a higher position. And they um, ultimately cloned her telephone, her cell phone. So every time she would change a password, Oh my goodness. They were able to intercept it, it, track it. Yeah. And even her multi-factor authentication codes because they had an exact replica uh, they call it SIM jacking where they mm-hmm. hijack the SIM. And they, this was an inside job in the cell phone carrier. So, you know, all of this can be upsetting and all of it can be fodder for people who maybe are suspicious of you ever using this kind of technology. Uh, they would say, see, I told you so. It's yeah. not safe. Why are you doing it? Yeah, it, it you know, with, with great convenience comes... Some uh, responsibility. Some responsibility. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Great. Great word. Now, yeah. for you, let's let's talk about your opinion for a moment here. Should people like me? Should we bank online? Is that safe? I don't think you have a lot of choice anymore. I mean, it, it's you know, if you go to banks, they look more like lounges anymore. <laughs> I think yeah. less and less we're going to see that 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 teller in the window. Um, it it is safe, but again. You have to be careful. You, mm-hmm. you know, if you get an unsolicited message from your bank, pick up the phone and call your bank and don't call the number on the email. Look up the telephone number and, yeah. and call your bank and verify. Do you need that information? Matter of fact, I have a voicemail from my bank right now. I'm not calling back on the number from that, where that voicemail came from. They called me this morning, left a voicemail, but I'm not calling back the number. I'm going to look up the number and call my bank. Right. Because they, again, they could have a number. And if, if it looks like an official thing, some people just go right along with it. They'll dial that number and feel like they're talking to their bank. And then all of a sudden they're giving out all sorts of information that's just been intercepted. So it's scary, but we have to wake up and realize this is the world in which we live right now. It is. Yeah. It's, you know, we, you mentioned about having devices well, I could have just a old-fashioned telephone with a little tape player from the 80s recording my messages and still call that number back and still be taken. So they can find ways. Yeah. That they're actually going more low-tech than high-tech. Is that right? Yeah, we're seeing more unsophisticated attacks because 
it, they're easier to do. Okay. Yeah. So someone using maybe the the bar is so high that it's easy to get in underneath it instead of going over it. Exactly. Wow, that's interesting. Yep. Now we talked about backups. I always think of this story. A friend of mine and his company were hit with ransomware. Yep. And they got notice, and they had they they go in for their normal business day, and they are locked out of their whole system. Yeah. It's it's Everything. shut down. And the fortunate thing for them, they never had to pay that ransom because they had backed everything up the night before. Yes. So how important is a backup, number one? And number two, what is the best form for backing up? So you really want the, the data in multiple places. So we like to say two different formats and two different locations. So Generally, what we prescribe is back it up locally, especially if it's a server or something that's storing mm-hmm. a lot of critical data. Like an external hard drive? Um, there are better solutions than external hard drives, but it's not a bad solution. But again, it all depends on the value of the data you're backing up. Because here's the critical key. We see backup systems all the time that haven't been working for a year year and a half, two years, because a lot of people set them up and walk away and say- And think it's being backed up. I have a backup. Yeah. And you don't know what could have hung that backup um, along the web, bad file or just any sort of technical issue. And so that's the biggest key is someone checking the backup. Okay. Um, We do it for all of our clients, you know, whether they're, because we do a lot of different types of backups. So if you have an executive traveling with a laptop, Obviously, an external hard drive is not the best choice for them. In their case, we copy the entire computer to the cloud. Mm -hmm. And actually, if they lose the laptop, they can grab another laptop. And download the whole thing. Either download or access it in the cloud. Mm -hmm. We can start a copy of the laptop in the cloud. All right, so let's talk about that for a moment. What makes the cloud safe? Uh, Using a reputable provider. So your Microsofts, your Googles, they are- Apple. And Apple. Mm-hmm. They are, they've done a good job in building out the security infrastructure around their offerings. And they've, they just do a good job. I mean, they really do. You don't hear of backups being breached unless somebody gets, say, a phone call or some sort of, you know, trick that, has them give up their credentials. Mm-hmm. But we've not witnessed any large-scale attacks on any of these vendors. Okay. So make sure it's a reputable vendor. And there's more beyond Microsoft and Google. There's a, a maraud of companies out there that do a good job. And you can tell they do a good job because they have certain certifications, such as SOC 2 and things like that, that are saying, hey, we've been tested and, and we have good systems in place. Wow. My guest is Curtis Partridge. I'll be back with Curtis in a moment. This is Afternoons with Mike. You're on The Shepherd. Pastors and financial leaders, do you need expert accounting or tax help? Do you have payroll or 1099 questions? Do you need a ministry expert to help you acquire real estate for your next project? If the answer is yes, yes, and yes, visit PetraWorldwide.org. Petra Worldwide has been strengthening ministries to transform humanity since 2007. Visit PetraWorldwide.org or call 855-481-9095. Curtis Partridge is here with me from Lotus Management Services. He is a cybersecurity expert, somebody that uh, can really help us out. And there are really is a need, I believe we all have, to know as much as we can know and to take advantage of the information that's out there to the best degree that we can. Because let's face it, most people today are on computers. I mean, most of us have multiple computers. I have an iPhone. I have an iPad. I have uh, a work computer that is uh, a uh, Windows machine. I have that. Then I have a a, a computer at home uh, that is also a Windows machine. And then my wife, I haven't even talked about all of the devices that she has, which are a couple of those as well. So just, I've, I've rattled off six devices oh, yeah. just between two people. And there are a lot of people that have more than that. For example, I don't have an Apple watch, but 
that is uh, a format of uh, almost the same kind of tech. That uh, and there's all the little things you forget, such as ring doorbells, yeah, camera doorbells, um, different devices that are wow. around your house. I mean, if you ever, if you have an access to your router and pull up the number of devices in your house, it may blow your mind how many things are there. Well, you know, I remember one time looking at the list of devices that could have access to my device yeah. if I didn't have it firewalled. Yep. But they were there, and because I was on an open network, they were. I was able to see all of their machines. Oh, yeah. Yes. And they were able to see all mine. Yes. Now, the key would be if I didn't have a firewall set up, they would just have access to jump in because of that. They could. They yeah. really could. They're, they'll, you know, we're, we're seeing um, folks that will join these open networks in coffee shops, and they'll just sit there and collect data. And you'll say, well, my connection to my bank is encrypted. It is. But if they think you're high value enough, and this is how bad it is, they'll look at you. Let's face it. You could sit in a Starbucks and figure out who's a good financial target, who's not. Mm -hmm. Watch what kind of car they get into. How are they dressed? What kind of purse are they carrying? What kind of nice Rolex watch does he have on there? Yes. Mm -hmm. So they'll pick up on those cues and, you know, do some sleuthing, figure out which data was yours. And if they think you're high value enough, they'll just take that encrypted data, feed it into a giant computer they rent in the cloud, and try and break the encryption. Wow. Just like that. Just it like can that. happen and you don't even know where it happened. No. Yeah, you will, you'll have no clue wow. if you're joining open networks. It's like... Um, walk around in flu season, you yeah. know, kissing everybody. <laughs> I come fun. off the top of my head with that's that. Good. I try I to like be very that. careful. Yeah. I think that's awesome. All right. I know you have an event coming up. Tell us about it. Yeah. Well, it's, it's this uh, Maria who co-authored the book. My uh, lovely wife has put together this event that is just amazing. She's worked with some other folks in doing this. Uh, so a lot of people may not, may not realize Robert Hershevac from the Shark Tank, the, mm -hmm. he's the nice shark, mm -hmm. actually has spent 30 years in cybersecurity. He is one of the big players in our community, does massive enterprises, protects massive enterprises. He's going to be with us. We're also going to have Adam Shire, the co-inventor of Siri, which is on oh every iPhone. And then uh, uh, Mike uh, Malkowitz, so he's probably not as known to the common folk out there, but he, among entrepreneurs, he's written many, many books on on being an entrepreneur, managing money, things like that. Yeah. And uh, so those three are going to be lined up with us. Uh, it's a virtual event. We're also going to have an in-person viewing party where we'll be uh, there um, being able to answer questions directly. That's going to be at the Wave Hotel in Lake Nona. But uh, if you want to get registered, it's orlandotechday.com, and uh, you can sign up there totally free. It's four hours on November 16th. and It's uh, a free thing? Free. Yeah, we're not charging anything. Oh, my for, goodness. Yeah, this is, and it's going to be education on cybersecurity, but also productivity. There is still a lot of productivity that uh, you can bring into your business, especially now with AI coming into play. There's a lot of productivity hacks in things you can do to improve your business and protect your business as well. Oh my goodness. Now at some point I need to have you come back and devote an entire program to this thing called AI. Oh, I can tell you some scary stuff. Artificial <laughs> intelligence. Yeah. I mean, let's face it, that has got to be considered in any way at the top of the list of potential future threats to yes. all of our security. It's right? threats right now. Yeah. And and companies have already employees have already been misusing AI, unbeknownst to them, again, this is an education element that businesses need to educate their employees. How do you use AI properly? Because these machines are not just giving you information, they're learning from you. Yeah. So if you give them financial data or customer data, yeah. they're going to store that. They'll, they'll keep it Yeah. and use that for future answers for other people. You know, this whole thing about machines being built that take over, I think of Terminator, obviously. Oh, yes. There's yeah. an old one right there. And then we have, uh, there was this series uh, called uh, Shield, Agents of Shield, and they had, oh, yeah. that That was one of the freakiest um, things that they brought out, which was basically a bot that looked human, mm -hmm. 
that acted human, but was a bot and it kind of would grow as it took information. It started off rather simplistic, but it, because it's just gathers information. I mean, this is all in entertainment form. This is a movie for crying out loud. This is not real, but you get the idea that some of these ideas, again, going back to screenwriters, giving great ideas to future criminals, (laughs) that seems like something that's plausible that at some point someone could program artificial intelligence to uh, just just do awful stuff yeah it'd be evil now one caveat and i love i saw an interview with elon musk who i think is a thought leader in this he has concerns about ai uh, and i think he's a thought leader in a lot of areas but one of the things he said was well you know if it really got out of hand we could just turn off the power so ultimately there is a pretty simple solution kill the electric but it's the subtle areas between here and there that scare, I think, yeah. a lot of people. Yeah. Misinformation, um, you know, again, feeding bad information that comes back out on the other end. And, uh, you know, we're already seeing a lot of concern, you know, just this recently, this past weekend with, you know, or the past week that this attack in Israel. Oh, my goodness. The amount of yeah. misinformation is scary. And what they did with tech, what those terrorists were doing, I mean, they were grabbing people's phones while they're using it. Yes. And so the phone is unlocked at that point. Yeah. And then recording with their phone, their own murder. Yeah. And then emailing it to the parents. Absolutely abhorrent. I can't. I would have. You you talk about movie scripts. You couldn't script that. No. If somebody would do that. Well, it, it's evil at a at a top level, and God have mercy upon us all. Yeah. And you know, Curtis, this I know this is all part of us now. We're not going to be going back to a day uh, of rotary phones no. and, and you know uh, no internet. That's just not going to happen. So somehow we've got to mitigate our use, our understanding, our knowledge. Um, and our practice of tech, right? I mean, that's got to be do. something we all have to do. And the biggest thing is education. You know, I think I've mentioned it several times today. It, it really comes down to educating yourself. Um, one of the things we do is speak to community organizations. I have a presentation I do is 30 to 60 minutes. I try and make it as entertaining as possible. Uh, and with you, man, I'm sure it is. <laughs> and then we cover seven things to protect yourself from um being attacked and being taken advantage of. Wow. All right. We got just enough time for one of those things. Go ahead and tell us what is the one thing that our listeners, we have listeners all the way from Gainesville. So a lot of us are are pretty techy. Some of us aren't very techy, uh, but regardless of our level of understanding or maybe even use of technology, what would be the number one thing that everybody needs to be careful about? Use a different password for every service. Because even the most educated person can get in a rush. Oh, man, you're hurting me, man. You can click a link (laughs) and they may say, oh, you need to update your credit card for your Netflix account. Well, if you're using the same password for your Netflix account that you're using for your corporate email and your bank account, and trust me, I see it all the time. Yeah. Um, One of the scans that we do when we do penetration tests on companies is comparing the passwords they've stored on their computer to the passwords that are in the dark web, and we'll see password reusage over and over. Sometimes 40, 50 websites, they're using the same passwords. You've got to stop. Now, everybody says, how are you going to do that? You need a password manager. I use a password manager. There's some great ones. There's Keeper. Okay, there, there are apps for that, right? Yes. Yeah, just... And the apps, are they safe? They, not all of them. <laughs> I, you, know, you have an app that's got all your are, life's passwords yeah. on it and it gets hacked for crying out loud. Well, and we saw that happen. LastPass was a, a hacked last year and we're now seeing the fruits of that, that they, the criminals are mm. beginning to access the, they're cracking the, the vaults and getting into those passwords. Well, I have LastPass. I mean, that's not good, man. So yeah, it's, it's the industry's really abandoned LastPass because not only did they have breaches happened, but they weren't upfront about the Should we take it off our phones if it's on our phones? I would. Yeah. Yeah, I would move to something else. Keeper's a good one. Bitwarden, uh, Password Boss. We like Password Boss. That's the one we use internally in our company, but they all 
offer either free or very cheap versions. My goodness. Some of them are a buck a month. I've got more than I bargained for on this one. That's that's good because <laughs> yeah. I know I've got several of them. Dual is something that I use a lot. Yeah, and for then Authenticator. Yep. But isn't Authenticator part of the same company as LastPass? No, Authenticator I think is Google. Okay, it's separate. Yeah. Okay, all right, good. And and I now unless they're beginning to save passwords, I understand it's for multi-factor authentication. But I but a lot of companies are getting into password management because you can't remember these passwords. There's no, no way. I mean, let's face it. We all deal with so many different uh, outlets that yep. take a password. Now you think about your utilities, each one of them. If yep. you, if you log in, you got a different password for that one. Yep. And the day of having one password for your entire life is over. So you do have one password for the password manager. And I don't want to be, macabre about it but you do take that password to your grave yeah one of the features the password managers are adding because they're encouraging you don't even tell your spouse the password Mm. is that they actually have a system in some of these password managers where if you don't log in for a couple of weeks or a few days you set the time um your spouse can request access and if you don't respond in a week they'll have access to your passwords Wow. Because passwords have become so important yeah, yeah. that they now have set up mechanisms for that. Wow. So so they just need something now that it extracts our blood, right? I mean, that's just right. <laughs> We're going to do a DNA test on you. Yeah. That's crazy. Curtis Partridge, you've got this free event that's coming up. Give us the details one more time on that. OrlandoTechDay.com. It's going to be on November 16th. Runs from 1 till 4 in the afternoon. And uh, we're going to have a lot of fun with it. We have a great MC we've hired. He is hilariously funny. I've seen him at quite a few events, so we brought him in. And uh, it's going to just be a fun educational event. And it's free. And it's free. That's the biggest thing. It is free. So how can people find out now? OrlandoTechDay.com. OrlandoTechDay.com. Curtis Partridge from Lotus, thank you so much for being here. The book that Curtis and Maria have written uh, is your business is an international cybersecurity target. How to protect your business from the fines, lawsuits, customer loss, and PR nightmare from a data breach and cyber attack. Curtis, it's uh, great to see you. We're praying for your health. Thank you. And we look forward to having you back up. Yeah, I'll uh, love to come back and we'll talk about AI. Okay, that's our next show, man, on AI. And until then, my friends, we'll see you next time right here on Afternoons with Mike.